in progress. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. Boom, it's Rusty. I'm going to get to, I don't even know. I keep saying I'm going to go and check it check the level see where i need to do it i move this mic thing around all the time so it's just gonna maybe get a, a few booms who doesn't want an extra boom boom maybe a boom 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 i'm gonna start sounding like uh the black eyed peas or something or i believe that's the black eyed peas someone someone in the comments let me know i don't know i don't know boom 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 uh the boom boom uh if you want to go uh look at more boom boom there's boom boom if you look up boom boom on the internet i don't know what's going to pop up but it's not about that because you're listening to the public access podcast the podcast on the quantum global broadcasting network qgbn here with many fine other podcasts here on the network you can check out here on Rumble TV, iHeartRadio, and YouTube if we don't talk about stuff that will get me kicked off of YouTube, such as the podcast yesterday, I cannot upload YouTube. So that's a Rumble TV and podcast exclusive. So thanks, YouTube. Maybe, maybe you'll pay me some more. Anyhow, that's not what it's about either today. Today is about bringing on a special guest because that's what I have. I have special guests on here because I get to. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm going to bring that special guest in. I want to bring that special guest on right here, right now. And here's our special guest, Silky Harvey. How are you doing? Hi there. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's appreciated. Yeah, thank you for being here. I saw uh, that you... Uh, so when people reach out to me here, I put out my feelers, and I've gotten pretty selective about who I, who I pick on here, uh, who I feel I can have a conversation with and who's going to be bring an interest in life into this podcast and not uh, only, yeah, no, it's, I'm not going to be feeling like I'm pulling teeth from, from who I'm talking with. And I can usually sure. get a pretty quick feel of it. And yeah, having someone that's going to be someone that I'm going to learn something myself and get to experience something that I'm enjoying myself. Whereas I hope you know, everyone listening is getting to enjoy that as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so first off, I, I see in your in your background uh, that you have a, a sewing machine back there. It's an older sewing machine. What what do you uh, what do you work on back there? Um, nothing 
I years ago I got this idea, this smart idea that I'm going to teach myself sewing, but because I like old things, I sourced an old 1920s Singer sewing machine, one of those treadlers, and uh, tried to use it, failed miserably, and it's just been standing there as a lovely ornament since. And I just like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, uh, let's see, it's a conversation starter of, of sorts. Uh, as, <laughs> and so when you bought it, it came with the, the whole table and everything, correct? Yes, it came as it stands, fully functional. It's just me who's not functioning on it. <laughs> <laughs> the function now is holding papers and uh <laughs> yeah so yeah so did you have to move that in is your place was it hard to move that uh thing and i because I've, I've looked at sewing machines and that's usually i mean because one you have to get that into your your car if you have a truck great but if you have a car it's, it's a little harder <laughs> and then two getting it into your your place, especially if you have stairs. Was this uh, an easy transition getting it to where it is right now? Yes, it was easy. I was lucky the uh, company selling it on eBay also had like delivery options. So the guys just brought it and I live in a house, no stairs. So they just literally carried it in and I've enjoyed oh. it. So it was a local eBay person? Uh, sort of local. They they did come a few miles and they obviously charged for the delivery, but hey, it sure. saved me the hustle. Yeah, that ain't, it's not too bad of a deal. Because, yeah, I mean, I know that those have some value and uh, and plus, yeah, they're, they're always cool to look at and, and see. Mm -hmm. And especially if you can uh, maybe one day, maybe one day get to using it. Did you end up buying material? Do you have material sitting around? Yes, ton, tons of material. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of ideas in my head, just no way of actually doing it. You think that may get repurposed somehow into some other project, uh, either um, the material or the sewing machine itself? Probably not the sewing machine, but the materials yet. I, I'll probably end up hand stitching like I've done most of my life. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> what do you like to hand stitch? Um, curtains, cushions, anything that's needed around the house, really. So do you, do you do those curtains in the background that I'm seeing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That That's not a bad deal. Get, you know, it's, uh, you mm -hmm. get to choose what you want. You don't have, are limited to the, you know, only options that you see at the store. You get to make exactly. what you want and exactly. that's not, not a bad deal. And yeah. so then also, okay, so uh, your, your books, so you are an author. I'm uh, an author. Yes. You're an author. You, you've got, got into book writing. And so, mm -hmm. um, so let me see. So I, I have a number of questions. I like going off with this with authors. So first off with your book, was it, the idea was it written out uh and did you just come up with like ideas uh and put it into sort of a outline form or did you just sit down and start writing it 
and just go, 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 and edit later. Yeah. Well, these books in the background here are a compilation books. So each book has got about 15 authors in that because I'm a publisher as well. And that's what I do. I publish multi-author books. Oh, so, uh, okay. Each author writes one chapter, which is like 3,000 words. So there's not a lot of structure there because it's more just like writing a long blog post or a long essay. But um, I've just completed my own first solo book, which is launching very shortly, which is this seven chakras writing journey. And that's actually a method that I teach how to get over writer's blog and how to write your books. So yes, that obviously has a lot of structure to it because I've been thinking about how I'm teaching and then putting that into book form. So uh, what's your stance on writer's block? Because I've, I've heard different authors talk about writer's block different ways. And I have, I have a different solution for, for writer's block as well. And I like, cause I don't know, cause I, I take, I, I've heard some people say that, you know, writer's block is you know, is a thing or is not a thing or, um, and also, you know, how, I mean, how much will it, you let it affect you, I guess, is what it, it comes down to. And so, um, so did you experience writer's block at some point? Is that what happened? And then you decided to write about it or? Um, I get writer's block quite regularly. And I think anybody who writes for a living day after day does because we're just like humans, we're not machines, you know, you can't get up every morning and sit down at your computer and think, hey, this is what I'm going to do today. So um, as a writer, you've got to just simply find ways of coping with it, because writer's block is like you said, very much, you know, what you make of it in your own mind, you know, how badly you let it affect you. But I also found with all the authors I work with in my books, they experience exactly the same. And then I also noticed from myself and from working with these women, there are some very simple solutions, some simple things you can implement to quickly get over it. Like one of my favorite methods is I always tell my authors, if you're sitting there staring at that screen and the cursor is just blinking away at you, get up, get away from the computer, take yourself for a walk, but don't forget to take your cell phone because when you're on that walk, I want you to get your cell phone out and start dictating into it. Whatever comes to your mind, or even if you're thinking about your story, you will find that whilst you're walking out in nature, suddenly you will get all sorts of inspiration striking you. And then I just want you to speak it in, into your phone. And when you come back, you can edit it on your computer, but you will have your next piece of writing there. And there you are, you've got over your writer's block. Yeah, it's I mean, I don't know. I, I've had that a bunch with, yeah, with writing and just uh, being able to come up with all kinds of different stuff just by going on walks. That's when I always would end up with most of my material that I'd, uh, that I'd have would be from walks. I used to walk everywhere all the time and um, all hours of the day, all hours mm -hmm. of the night, just walking, walking, walking. And that was how I did it. And then once I stopped walking, then yeah, then my productivity went went way down. Mm -hmm. So I for sure see the significance of that. And 
one of the ways because I've uh, I've implemented it into hypnosis uh, mm-hmm. for to be able to have people with writer's block come to me if they you know if they're experiencing that and been able to work with them at least be able to get them so what i like doing is uh i don't know where or what what this is or where you feel on this or where i feel on Mm -hmm. this even uh with the uh uh past life regression and going and doing that which i again i don't know for sure or exactly what what it is what you know Mm -hmm. but every time your brain is going somewhere your brain is going somewhere and you're getting three very vivid stories and understanding of what's happening and i really like doing that one to you know bring someone a new idea with that and so and then i don't know and writer's block is just yeah i mean if you're writing every day you gotta yeah switch it up and yeah yeah keep yourself you can't just be sitting at the screen all day and so when when you're writing um when you're starting out are you on your phone or you give a a notepad do you have um do you have your computer do you have a typewriter do you have a I, the chisel and a stone uh what do you a like com- uh, a combination of all i think it totally depends on the situation when i'm in my office already and i'm doing things and obviously i'm on my computer then i just grab a word a word document or when i'm out and about i use my cell phone uh, I don't tend to do handwriting very much because I find it too tedious to type it all back out again later. I'm a bit lazy that way, so I love technology for, for that reason. But thinking um, smarter. Yeah. Typewriters, well, I started out with them about 30 years ago, but again, you know, <laughs> you know, going around with Tipex and like correcting all your spelling mistakes later, it's just so yeah. time consuming. Yeah, so yeah. I, I do a bit of both and I actually like meditation as well very much. That's something I use a lot with my authors. So I take them on like meditation journeys and um, during the meditation, I ask them to literally think of whatever the problem is that they couldn't overcome. Like if an author comes to me and says like, yeah, well, I want to write about, I don't know, the seaside, but it's just not coming to me. What should I write? I said, right, we go do a meditation. I tend to channel them spontaneously, take them on the beach in their mind and give them a few prompts that, that help them to start thinking in the right direction. And then as soon as we come out the meditation, I ask them to do some uh, spontaneous writing for five to 10 minutes which is where you literally write down anything that has just come in your head during your meditation. You don't censor it. You don't edit it. You don't do anything. You write everything down. And so when they are seeing it in their head, are you telling them to talk out loud? Are you, are you having them just real, you know, 
visualize it all in their head and then write it down what they think afterwards. So they have like a little extra if you mm -hmm. have them. I mean, do you have, do you have them say it out loud at all? Or do they uh, no, describe no, what they're saying? They they See? just meditate, you know, the, the usual way. Okay. And then as soon as they come out of the meditation, they start writing. I, I don't even give them a couple of min minutes to readjust. I literally, when they open their eyes, I say, pen, start writing <laughs> or, or whatever, or keyboard or whatever they're using. And that usually works pretty, pretty effectively to get them. I mean, with yeah. how, how long do you think they have before it starts to go away? If after they open their eyes, before that, that depends how much a person is into meditation. I find persons who meditate all the time can remember for much longer than somebody who's never done it before. So if you have a newbie, there it's really crucial that the moment they open their eyes, they they grab something to write. Yeah. And so do you ever find any sort of resistance of people not not wanting to meditate uh, or try that method out? I never have yet. But there right. again, my main target audience is all female entrepreneurs who are pretty much in the spiritual world. Okay. So I guess uh, they're all they're all used to meditating and or at least I've heard of it and I'm not adverse to it. So how do you decide to connect with that demographic of writer? Uh, because I'm an energy healer myself. I'm a Reiki master. I'm a chakra dancing facilitator. I'm a Reiki drum practitioner. So I was doing all that stuff before the pandemic. I was actually having an offline an offline business going around doing Reiki treatments and then transitioned online. So I'm very much still work with all that spiritual energy. And so then you have, you know, so they have that background. And then so are these writers, do you have some sort of process of them you know submitting work and trying to figure out what fits in or are you finding these writers yourself finding their work and then reaching out to them or how, how does that work for you yep and so when i get an idea for a book like the book strong and free for example all about women who have broken up with society's expectations of how they should lead their lives and are leading their dream lives because of it so when when I knew I wanted to do these books, I started reaching out to female entrepreneurs who I thought might be a good fit and just got talking. And then those women who saw the benefit of it said yes to it. So I knew exactly who I was targeting as an author and who I wanted in the book. And there's even an application process to go through so I can vet if they would be a good fit for the book. But uh, they don't have to be professional writers. Here's the thing. Anybody can write, especially with today's technology and with a little bit of help. So uh, I've even got women in the book who are non-native English speakers and they still wrote the story in English. And by the time the proofreader and the editor polished it up, nobody would ever know. Okay. And so then where are you? So this is another, this is a hard one uh, that, uh, where are you with, 
art in general, uh, writing, um, whatever it may be, with uh, AI assistance. Where where are you? Where do you stand with that? Whereas AI can. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yes, whatever, whatever we can do, they can well, pretty much already do better. Uh, my personal opinion is I've meddled a little bit because I got curious, but uh, no matter how pretty the pictures look that that gets uh, spat out of AI, they still don't look as good as when a person has sat down in Photoshop and done a real piece of art or if somebody sat down and done a painting. So. Um, I can see that AI is very useful, especially in marketing, where the quality of the images is not necessarily the biggest concern. So it it saves a lot of time for small businesses, and it also saves money because you no longer have to hire a graphic designer necessarily. But on the other side, I can't see it taking over anytime soon if you're talking real art and real quality images. What about writing? Uh, Same with writing. I don't think... AI can ever have the feeling in it that a person can. I mean, it can turn out a, a perfect text in terms of grammar and structure, but it won't have any soul. So what about when it does? What about when it does have soul? <laughs> I mean, I, I, do you think you're going to be embracing it or do you think you're going to be pushing back against it and, and sticking with... It it depends. It depends. I mean, I can see the purpose of it for marketing, but for real writing, which I regard as an art, I would always still do that myself because I just wouldn't feel uh, satisfied if I knew a machine done all my work because I actually like the process of writing. That's the whole point. Right. And I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same for me on that one. I mean, there's yeah, with, you know, with writing or with with music or, um, you know, even podcasting uh, or or uh, jokes, uh, doing doing comedy, doing stand up yeah. comedy. Like I, I I mean, it's it's already surpassed me and and kind of all those. And it's it can be frustrating mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I, I'm trying to learn how to work with it the best I can because, I mean, it's it's here and it's going to be yeah. interesting to see what what happens. And I mean, it's so. I mean, yeah, we we can only be as smart as we are i was talking about this yesterday on my, my, one of my mm-hmm. podcasts and but this thing can you know get smarter and then yeah. retrain itself and reprogram itself and then you know be able to do you know all kinds of stuff and i mean yeah and then i i see people that are you know putting out putting out books just boom 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 and mm-hmm. and it's hard it's hard just I, I don't know like I like even you know short books children's books people are yeah. doing that I see those now and it's it's frustrating and it's 
you know, you, yeah, you're not getting to take the time to do it. And I mean, like with music, I've spent days, weeks making a track and then I can go and mm -hmm. tell this thing I want something with this specifics and in 45 seconds I can do yeah. something that's better than than I have and so yeah but nobody can uh, replace your individuality like if you play guitar nobody will ever play a riff exactly like you do not even AI that's the beauty of music I mean I record as well by the way so what what do you do for music wise uh, I'm a bass player and at the moment I'm teaching myself songwriting and playing the ukulele as well. I so saw how how'd you get into those? How'd you get in how'd you get into bass playing the bass? Well, many years ago when I was still very young, my husband and I formed our first band and um I was playing keyboards at the time, but for love of money we could not find a bass player, so he was guitarist, so he showed me a few chords on the bass. And like, that's what I got stuck with for the next 30 odd years. Now we're no longer together and I'm doing my own music. So I'm finding uh, singing and soloing to the bass sucks a bit. So I picked up the ukulele. So I have an um, instrument to go along with the singing at least. How's the transition from bass to ukulele as far as figuring out um... I mean, I guess in a way, I mean, even a ukulele is still, I mean, melody, but then it's also, I mean, I guess it's, it could be like, I, what was it? There is a, was it a bass ukulele that I saw? Yeah, you got I'm trying those. to think. I, yeah, it was something wild. So is it was an easy transition for you to switch over to ukulele are you still transitioning with that or or what how's that go oh i'm getting better on it i mean the reason i picked it is still got four strings <laughs> yeah. i could never i could never figure out the guitar because somehow i've always had trouble just gripping the chords on the guitar i've got very small fingers and nearly every fretboard is too big for me so i thought right small fingers Wow, there's a smaller instrument than a guitar. So that, that's how the idea came about. Then I thought, those typical mini ukuleles, that, that's too small. So I opted for a decent sized concert ukulele, which is like a kid's guitar almost. And I'm getting on fine with that. And the good thing is it's easier if you're going out somewhere easier to bring around than uh, bringing a, a bass guitar. A bass guitar is a pretty big uh, piece yep. of equipment to mm -hmm. carry around and usually and the amps I mean, are heavy. And yeah, if, yeah, I was gonna say you got the amp too, <laughs> unless you you have some place that has the amp already. But that's usually not the case. You're usually, bringing your own amp if um, yep. you know you can't just plug in. And um, that was another thing that was kind kind of mind blowing. Uh, I've seen people that they have their phone and they like if if they're you know, rappers or, you know, singer songwriters that just have their music and they just take their phone, plug right into the, the PA house PA system and that's it. And it, like, mm -hmm. I, it just, it hurts. Like I remember carrying these big tubs with, uh, yep. you know, a bunch of stuff on top of the tubs and now yeah, now people oh, yeah. just pull out their phone and yeah. plug, oh, well. plug right on in. 
I've just sold my 450 watt base duck because I can't ever see me carrying that beast again. So yeah. somebody else can do that. I I totally get that one. And yeah, it's nice to just be able to, you know, compact everything down a little bit, compact everything, not compact, um, compact everything down and make everything a little simpler. And yeah. So what do you, uh, do you have a name for your musical collective of sorts or is it, is it Silky Harvey? Um, it's Silky Harvey. I, I haven't got anything else sorted out yet. I mean, um, like I said, I was bass player and like backing singer in various bands over the years, never my own outfit. So um, who knows what's going to happen? I've had a look online. I've found a few places like Jam Kazam where you can actually jam in real time these days with people. So who knows? I might have uh, to go with that and see what happens. Like through this, like kind of like yeah. a Zoom type of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they so, somehow yeah. Fig figured out the trick with no lag. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, that's what uh, I was just going to ask about. I was talking with uh, a woman a few days ago on the podcast, and she did some... Uh, it was, I think, and she said... Uh, it was in Europe and Asia and in North America. She had, she was doing some streaming event during uh, the pandemic. And yeah, I mean, she, I was the first thing I was like, okay, so where did, where was the lag? What was the hiccup on mm -hmm. that? And I mean, you know, just being able to get past that. Once you can get past that, I mean, the possibilities are endless with that, just being able to make that, you know, the music mm -hmm. community is so much more accessible to, and especially yeah. it's cool for, you know, smaller mm -hmm. bands and stuff that you wouldn't really be able, that wouldn't have, you know, the, the funding to go tour. Yeah, absolutely. In different continent, different country. Yeah. And, just, and even, yeah. even for local bands, I mean, uh, I know in my area, rehearsal rooms cost an absolute fortune. So, even if you're a bunch of local guys and girls wanting to to play, it'll save you tons of money for the weekly rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. I um, I saw this thing to, uh They're starting to do a thing that's sort of like Airbnb, but for like rehearsal spaces or um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like places to do. I guess it was more for people doing uh, like video stuff, or, you know, whatever, however they're vlogging or what, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever the kids do now, um, all that stuff. And that seems to be more of a popular thing. But I mean, if, yeah, if you can get it where you don't have to pay for that, because it's, cause, I mean, even the office space was mm -hmm. just a, a ridiculous amount. Once I had an office when I first started, hypnosis but i got a i had a, a sweet deal there and so that's the only reason why i had it and then i moved and it was like a year before like the whole pandemic and uh i was just you know i was like okay well you know i'm gonna try out this zoom and you know because i had i was working with some people that didn't want to leave their house they were yeah. you know and so i was like well you know i can just do this i, I get the same effect 
Mm -hmm. uh, if I was with them and there and then they can just stay at home and they can be comfortable and not to go into some weird office uh, where they're not comfortable. And so, I mean, that was a that was a huge one. And then but everyone was still just very, I don't know. And then and then COVID hit and then everyone was like, okay, this is this is what we do now. This And so it became a lot easier. And so do you so with your um, your Reiki work and your you said Reiki and what was the other thing you Uh, chakra dancing, chakra dancing. So do you do that uh, in person or can you do that? Do you do that online at all? Um, I started off doing it online when I first transitioned, but then uh, since I started my publishing company, I haven't done any of that. I incorporate the work with my authors now, but I am no longer uh, giving separate Reiki sessions. Oh, do you do you miss it? Are are, are you happy with the transition, or, or are you uh, you wanting to integrate it into your? your Um, writing experience or i'm pretty happy with the transition because myself uh, i did those early zoom sessions for reiki and then and i decided i preferred the hands-on but um unless i get a really good uh deal here on like starting up again it's exactly what you said uh rental space is just ridiculous and i live in an area as well where people are not very spiritually inclined they'd rather go for a massage than for reiki because they just don't really get it what it is so um i thought to myself i've actually found something that i really love doing so why struggle setting up another business i might get back to it in the future who knows because i'm planning retreats at some point oh then i will probably or most likely will in incorporating into the retreats but for now i'm really happy with the book publishing all right and so what what was the idea to start to be a a book publisher what was the aha moment of time to be a book publisher what what happened there um um i was starting to write my own book and was going around the internet researching ways you can publish nowadays because at that time i hadn't done anything publishing wise since the 90s since i published our music so um i found out there's self-publishing and hybrid publishing and traditional publishing so i was exploring all these routes and somehow i ended up in the facebook group of a lady called monique alvarez who runs ama publishing and she specializes in teaching women how to set up their own publishing companies and whilst I was on that call, I suddenly just realized, you know, one of those moments in life, yeah, I think I found it, I found it, you know, the light went on because I've always been a book nerd, I've always loved writing, I love publishing, I used to run my own indie record label in the 90s, and I thought, oh. hey, I think we've, we've found the perfect combination here. Yeah, and so... Okay, so side note, so what was the, the indie label, What the indie record label, what did you... What kind of artist did you have on that? And the label was called Kissy Music, and it was basically my husband and I, all the work that we've done. I mean, together we recorded over 500 songs over the years. Whoa. So what what happened with those 500 songs? Where Are they floating around? Did any of those songs get repurposed for anything? Yeah. 
in uh, um, your life or other people's lives? Some of the songs are still around once I were professionally recorded because they were an assortment of everything from home trucking recording right through to comp early computer recording to pro studio recordings. So all the pro recordings are on SoundCloud now under Inner Hippie Music. Okay. Yeah. And Okay. And um, so I guess, uh, is there a way to mix writing and or writing slash publishing slash music slash Reiki all together into one uh, one giant project at some point uh, for the culmination of your 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 life's yeah. work into something, or is that um, well, are they, they all separate? I'm thinking about it. I've started songwriting now, and uh, with a bit of luck and a bit of like determination, I'm wanting to write my one-woman musical. Oh, all right, okay. Um, so it, okay, when that one-woman musical comes into uh, into existence, would you be the one woman musical performing it the one yeah. okay all right I, yeah, yeah i mean totally I, yeah i think that would be be a, an exciting project to do and a lot of fun to mm -hmm. get to use you know different aspects of your life and be able to put them together and show yeah. off something new and uh unique and so if so, if people are, are looking to find you on the internet or wherever they want to find you, where are they going to do that? How are they going to get a hold of you and find your your work? It's really easy to find me on the internet. I'm on Facebook under Soka.Harvey, and uh, that's a public profile, so anyone can find it. Uh, I've got my company website, innerhippiebooks.com, and apart from that, if you type in Soka Harvey, the inner hippie, Google is full of my links and images. All right. And yeah, I'll put this down in the show notes so everyone can easily get to it and may I make it make it simple. So yeah. And so thank you again for being on, getting to talk to me for a bit and just not knowing where we're gonna go and we went somewhere and we got to yep. we got to here. So that's yeah. a good thing. And yeah, I enjoyed getting to talk with you and, and learn learn about you and, and everything else. And so yeah. thank you yeah, for so having me. It was great very, fun. Absolutely. And yeah, have a good uh, rest of your evening there. I believe you, afternoons afternoon still. You're afternoon, afternoon still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, have a good afternoon. We'll talk to yeah. you soon then. See you later. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, you guys. There you go. There you have it. That's Silke Harvey. I, I might have said that incorrectly at the beginning. I think it said Silky, but it's Silke. But maybe that's how, I don't know. I hope I didn't say it wrong, but I don't know. I try. I'm trying. Come on. Come on. And you guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe and subscribe share it 
download it, put it in the car, play it with your friends. Be like, oh, I'm going to listen to Rusty. I'm listening to the podcast today. Where's the new episodes dropping? All the fucking time is dropping is when it's dropping. So you guys, they're, they're all just so many. There's so many podcasts that are in the in the past and so many that are scheduled for the future. You're not going to have a hard time being able to find episodes of this. So get on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network. Check it out. Check out the Public Access Podcast. Going back to 2013. And you guys, that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right? <laughs>